good morning. Today's shoe is Lilu Nishma Shoshana Pesa Basioel. And uh, today we're going to start the sixth parak um, on Daf Lamed Hay 35. The, this now, we up to here we've been discussing Hilfus Kriachmai and Tefillah primarily. And now we're going to go on to Hilfus Brochas, the Brochas you say on food. So that's. Uh, that's uh, this parak. So the, the Mishnah starts, Ketam Mavarchim Alaperos, what brocha do you say on fruit? Alaperos Ha'ilan, who Oimer Borei Priya Eitz. On fruit of trees, you say Borei Priya Eitz. Chutz Min Ayayin Sha'alayayin, who Oimer Borei Priya Gofen. Except on wine, because on wine you say Borei Priya Gofen. Rashi explains, and he's going to say the same thing with bread, um, is because it's more Choshuv. It's not just regular fruit, wine is special. Alaperos Ha'aretz, and on fruit of the ground, who oime borei priyadama, you say borei priyadama. Chutz min apas, she'al apas, who oime hamoitzi lechem in aretz, except for bread, you say hamoitzi lechem in aretz. Va'al hayorokos on vegetables, who oime borei priyadama. Yorokos generally refer to like more leafy vegetables and stuff. So that would be also borei priyadama. And Rabbi Yudah, oime borei minei desoim. No, you have to be more specific and say... Um, on herbage or herbs. So, Rebutal is not just good enough to lump, to categorize, I guess, what's it, produce into two categories, fruit and what we would call vegetables. You have to categorize fruits one type, and then even in vegetables, there's fruit of the ground, there's some, there's seeds, like more legumes, etc. And then there's also like herbage, I guess, lettuce, cabbage, etc. So they all need a specific brocha. Um, the Gemara asks very important question. This is interesting. This is going to be like the first piece of, let's call, I don't know what the exact word would be, real Gemara where we start analyzing something. Up to here, it's been very uh, light, short points, short discussions mostly, and a lot of Agarita. And now the first sugya is a little bit more technical. The question that the Gemara wants to answer is what's the source for saying brachas? Now we start off with the assumption that it's a mitzvah dorah to say. A brocha, again we're discussing brochas before food, and it's a mitzvah to say a brocha before food. Um, so, minahanimili, what's the source that you say a brocha? So, we're going to bring a brisa, and the brisa is based on the laws of netaravai. Then, if you remember, there's a concept that the first fruit, that in the first, if you plant new fruit in the first three years, you're not allowed to get benefit from it. On the fourth year, you take it up to Yerushalayim, and you eat it there. One of the psukim there, again, regarding the fourth year produce, which you finally allowed to eat, says, Kodosh, Toner Abon, we learned to write, Kodosh Hilulim La Hashem. It's holy for praise to Hashem. What's the, what does it mean, holy for praise to Hashem? Now, also, the, it's plural, Hilulim. So we learn two things from this word, Halel twice. It says, this teaches us that you need to say a brocha before and after the produce. And from here, Rabbi Akiva said you're forbidden to say to taste food until you say a brocha on it. Now the Gemara, so after you say, oh, seems like we've got a good proof. It says, Kodesh Hilulim, it must be for praise of Hashem. That teaches us, you say, the one, there's two Hilulim, there's two Halals, one before you eat and one after you eat. No, we need the drosh of Hilulim for other droshes. 
Firstly, the Torah says you can, if you're not able to take this fourth year produce up to Yerushalayim, you can redeem it and then eat it. And obviously you'll take the money and spend it on food in Yerushalayim. But again, but he's switching, yeah, both these droshas are switching the hay and the ches, which we know you're allowed to do. So, instead of reading it at, as halal, we're reading it as chilal, um, redemption. So, so that's uh, yeah. And the second, because remember it's a hilulim, it's two. It says, Something that requires shira, I'll explain it shortly, is what requires hilul, this uh, redemption, and something that does not require shira, does not require hilul. What are we referring to? Referring to one. When the only type of korban that you bring that, that Levim are obligated to say shira on is when there's a nesachim, a wan labation. So if we read, yeah, I should have explained that, but if we read that again, any dovor hatoin shira, the thing that requires praise to hash, uh, the Levim to sing in the base Amidash, requires redemption and what does not require the song over it does not require redemption. and this is like said in the How do we know that the Levim do not say song on any carbon only on wine? Shinemar as the Posuk says, again it's a metaphorical discussion between vines and other trees and they wanted the vine to be king and he said you know then I'll be too busy he says but the vine replied to the other trees you want me to stop producing my wine which brings joy to Hashem to God and to people granted I know how wine makes people happy but how does wine make Hashem happy? We learn from there that you only say Shira on wine. So what's the second? Um, so where we're holding at the moment is <coughs> that we wanted to say this word Hilulim is coming to teach us to say Hallel, praise to Hashem before and after you eat food. He said, no, it's coming for different droshas. The one drosha it's coming for is that you can redeem fourth year produce and eat it outside of Yerushalayim and take the money and eat it up into Yerushalayim. And the second drosha is to teach that this law of fourth year produce only applies to one. It only applies to the thing that you say shira on, that the Levim say shira on in the base. I mean, that should only applies to wine. So... How this time is learning, we're going to see it's a machlokes to know him whether or not does this fourth year apply to all produce or all fruit, etc., or only to one. This Tana holds only one, but he's used up the two hilulim. We don't have a source for brachas anymore. And the Gemara case, so the Gemara case says, According to the one who says, any fourth year planted item would require redemption. Ella, um, it all makes it's easy that it still is a source for brachawa because Netaravai he has the second halal free. Granted, the first halal is telling him the law, Chilul is telling him the law of redemption. The second one is free because Ella Laman Omar Kerem Ravai, according to the one who says it's only 
vines of the fourth year, Michael and Mama, what are you going to say? We don't have any psukim free. Again, we said, the one, the one Hilul is coming to teach us that you can redeem it. What's the second Hilul coming for? So according to the one who says any plant, according to the one who says any, sorry, any um, netarvai, anything that you plant, any tree, well then you still got a second drosha. Okay, we'll use that to say you have to say a bracha. But according to the one who said kerem, that it's only on the vineyard, he needed the second chilul to say only on one, only on uh, the vines. So, he says, and to it, Rebbe it said regarding Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Shimon, the son of Rabbi, Chatoni Kerem Ravai, Chatoni Netaravai. One taught Kerem Ravai and one taught Netaravai. May Machlok is to know whether or not this fourth year produce applies just to grapes or if it applies even to, to all produce. Ulaman Dotoni Kerem Ravai. I can even show you, according to the one who holds Kerem Ravai, we still might be able to use it as a source. But that's if you learn the Xayra Shova. The Tanya Rebbe Oimeh Rebbe said, It says here by the laws of the first fruit to add to your Tvuah. And regarding Kilaim, it says, The produce, the harvest, the grain of the vineyard. Malahalan Karen, Afkan Karen, just as that specifically a vineyard, so to hear, it's the Karen. Ayetelachad Hilul a Bracha. We have the spare Hilul for the Bracha. What? The one Hilul teaches us redemption. The second Hilul is not needed to teach us only grapes have this law of the fourth year, because we know that from the Xayrashava. So we now have a spare Hillel to teach us that there's an obligation to say a bracha. There's Okay, but still, what happens if you don't learn that Zereshava? Not everyone learns that Zereshava. And then where do you know the source for a bracha? And even if you do learn the Zereshava, we only have a source for saying a bracha afterwards and not a source for saying a bracha before. Why? Because the one Hillel we said is coming to teach redemption. The other Hillel is teaching a bracha. But that can't teach us to say a bracha before food and after food. And just why would you say it's most likely teaching a bracha after food than before food? Because we see by bread, by food, certain foods, there is an obligation. You say, uh, you'll eat, you'll be satiated and you say a bracha. So we know after eating we have a source in the Torah for saying a bracha. Well, let's say on bench, there's benching. It's a source in the Torah. So we see it's more likely that you say a bracha after so if I have only one source to say one bracha, is it the bracha before food or the bracha after food? It must be the bracha after food. No, but that's by bread. The first bracha. No, because that's by bread. What about other foods? That's what, uh, that seems to be the discussion of the Gomorrah. Um, so the Gemara carries on and says, So either way, we're a bit stuck. If you're learning, if you're learning, um, yeah. at the moment we're stuck, according to the one who says, Kerem Ravai, you either don't have any sources for bracha, or you have a source for an after bracha, not a bracha before. 
So one says, no, hola kashya, the ice bakava khamer. This that we might only have a brocha afterwards is not a problem because we can learn it out from a kaval khamer. He says, Kashuhu Savayamavare Kushuhu Rahiv La Kol Shekain. If when he's hungry he says a brocha, he should definitely say a brocha. Sorry, if he says a brocha when he's satiated, when he's full, he should definitely say a brocha when he's hungry. What's the logic behind that? Why should you, why is it more reason to say you should say a brocha when you're hungry? No, that's the opposite of what you're saying. That's saying that that's the brocha after. So if you need to say a brocha after your food, why should, how much more say you should say a brocha before you eat? That's my question. Why? So that, uh, I heard the name of the Vilna Gaon, he said, because it makes most sense to say the brocha when you're most excited. Pardon? And after you've eaten, okay, you're happy because you've eaten, but you're much more excited when you're sitting down to eat. So therefore it makes more sense to say that you should say the brocha before. Um, Eshkechan kerem, shar minayim. Okay, fine. That would be a good source to say a brocha on products of the van, grapes and wine, etc. But what about other types of food? So he says, um, because we can learn it from Kerem. As a, use Kerem as the, what's it, the Binyanav, as the, the, the source for all brachas. Yeah. Um, why? Just as one is something you enjoy and requires a bracha, well, therefore anything you enjoy would require a bracha. So, now there's a weakness in that. He says, Kerem is stricter because you have in the special gift of the Kwanim, Ololos. Ololos seems to be grains that, uh, grapes that grow not in complete clusters, just by themselves or stand alone. You have to give those to the poor people. So, we see there's a stringency by grapes over other food. So, maybe only these strict foods you have to say a bracha on. So he says, No, Kamatochiach, standing grain will teach us the Allah. Malakala, Shekem Chayevis Bachala. Standing grain is chayav in chala. It says, oh, but even standing grain. Sorry, I skipped a step. Yeah. Oh, we know you say an after broch on standing grain. On grain. That's, uh, that's benching. You, if you eat grain, you have a flour-based thing. You eat uh, bread, you say... So we know you say a brocha after. So then, as we said, the kavachom you said before. But so, so we, so if, so we, yeah, so, so kerem um, so we say, but ah, but standing grain has a stringency of challah. When you make dough, you have to separate challah. So, so far we said, let's use wine, um, kerem as our prototype for all other foods. We can't because wine has a stringency. Let's learn grain as our prototype for other foods that you need a brocha before as well, or obviously after and before as well. No, grain has a stringency of chala. So, so this is now we're going to go into what we call a tzara shove. We want the common denominator. It says, The aspect of chala, is, of grain is not the same as the aspect of the, of kerem. What's the common denominator? Something that you enjoy requires a brocha. So to any food which you enjoy, 
any anything you get benefit from, it's not enjoy. You get benefit from would require bracha. So Moran says, "Normal, it's not a shavish b'hem shekain yesh bot sad mizbech, va'aisi nami zayis to ispeit sad mizbech." He says, "No, the common. There's another aspect that's common to both of them. Is they have an aspect of the mizbech, and they would also include olives, which also have an aspect." For the Mizbech. What's the aspect? Wine is used in libations, flour is used in Menachos, and olive oil is also used in Menachos. But maybe this, this Sara Shove between wine and grain would be only things that, you know, at least in some form, are offered, offered on the Mizbech, and that stringency is why we say Brach on them, but not, not on any other food or drink. So he says, now the Gemara just takes a slightly side point, just when it checks. So we said we would know olives you say brocha on from the Tzara Shove, that it's offered on the Mizbech. So there's actually maybe another source that you say brocha on olives. Oh, that shouldn't be the source. He says, Vazayas Mitzan Mizbech. I see, you're telling me you learn Zayas, you learn that you say brocha on olives from this, that it shares the common denominator with Kerem. It says, Vahob Hediksiv Bay Kerem. By olives it says Kerem. Do you see where Yaver my Godish vat Kamavat Kerem Zayis? They burnt from the haystack to the standing grain to the olive orchards. But we see what's the olive orchard? Kerem Zayis. So we've automatically included anything called Kerem requires a bracha. So we automatically included olives. We don't need a tzarashav. So no, Amar Papa Kerem Zayis Ikri Kerem Stamelo Ikri. No, we have a source of something called a Kerem. An olive orchard is never called a kerem, it's called a kerem zayas. So there's no results. Okay, mikomakom kashe, malat tzarashavashem, shenyeh tzarashavashem, At the end of the day, we still have our question. Um, the tzarashavashem, yeah, what's our question is? We brought a tzara shove from uh, kerem and grain, but that tzara shove only includes things that have a mizbah. So we're back to where we were. What's the source in the Torah? That it would be Doraisa. That, uh, that, what's the source in the Torah to say a bracha? You have a good source for things that might be offered on the mizbah, but not, not source for any other produce. Ela de yolif. No, we can learn it from the Shiva Saminim. Ma Shiva Saminim, Dovah Shenene Vitoin Brocha. I've called Dovah Shenene Vitoin Brocha. The Shiva Saminim are something that you enjoy and they require Brocha. So, to anything that you enjoy require Brocha. Where do we see the Shiva Saminim require Brocha? Because two psukim before the discussion, it's discussing the projects of Eretz Israel, etc. And then it says, Vokhalta, a few posse later, it says, Vokhalta, Vokhalta, Vokhalta. So Vokhalta is also, I mean, we follow, it's one opinion, Gemara is also going on the seven species, all seven species. I mean, that we're going to see a bit later on is actually a Makhlokas Noam, but for the meantime, let's just take it for granted that it's a Doraisa to say an afterbracha. It says, oh, it says, oh, but no, the Shivas Haminim are only Babikurim. And secondly, even if you want to ignore that the common denominator of the Shiva Saminim is that they're all obligated in Bikurim, the other issue is we only have a source for a bracha afterwards. So it's okay, that's not difficult. That we can learn out from a Kol Shekain that if you say a bracha when you satiate it on the seven species, you definitely say a bracha on before, as we explained the logic before. Okay, so... On the surface, it seems we have, at least in many aspects, we have a source for saying a bracha. At least 
on the seven species, which we want to use as a prototype for all food. You say a bracha, the Torah tells us to say a bracha afterwards, and call Shekane, you would say a bracha before, because as we said, you should, it makes most sense to say the bracha when you're most excited to get the benefit. And comes along, um, and we'll use that, the seven minim, uh, as our prototype. It says, Oh, Laman Datani Netaravai. Okay, but now according to the one who taught Netaravai, remember that all plants are obli- all trees, all things planted, and net is the language of planting a tree. All trees planted, the fruit has the fourth year halacha. So remember, and then the apostle came along and told us that these are Kodesh to Hashem to say Hilulim on. So all fruit of all trees you say a bracha on. That's how we were learning before. It says, This is all very good regarding anything that is planted. Something that is not planted, for example, meat, eggs, and fish. Where would you get the halacha that you say a bracha on it? Because again, the context of hilulim, this that we're using as the source to say a bracha, is by netaravai, by trees that are planted. So, both have a weakness. Both, whether you learn like the one who says neta kerem, that the, law, the fourth year produce, this halacha, fourth year produce, that you have to take it up and eat it in Yerushalayim and say hilulim over it, is only at most, as we've been able to extend it, only as far <coughs> as, because, as the, the seven species. And secondly, even if you learn according to the one who says netaravai, the furthest we've been able to extend it is to anything planted. But what about meat, fish, etc., which you know you say a bracha on? So back to our original question. This, this can't be the source for a bracha. What's the source that you say a bracha? Ellis for a who? It's, a, it's logic. You don't, there's actually no source, in, no possible to prove it. It's logic. It says, It's forbidden for a person to get benefit from this world without a bracha. Um, yeah, that's the source. Why do we say bracha before food? Based on a logical principle that it makes no sense that we're allowed to enjoy Hashem's world, as we'll see an elaboration on it now, without saying a bracha. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Ah. Oh. So. So we trying. Yeah. The analysis was to try and find a source in the Torah. We weren't able to find a source in the Torah. Pardon? Yes. So. Ah. Oh. So many, most actually learn that this, that we're saying it's logical, is only a mitzvah drabonim. It's not Torah. There are the, um, the Pnei Yeshua wants to say, we often find in the Gemara, it says, I can, you, the, someone would ask uh, his Rebbe a question, and he would say, I can give you a posuk, or I can give you a sephora. Sounds that it is Doraisa. But most Rishonim actually learn, the Rambam says it very clearly. Um, Tosvos, Divra Maskil Lefonov says, Love, um, even the Kavachomers are not, um, conclusive because if so the bracha would be Doraisa so it's not a good Kavachomer because we don't hold that as Doraisa we hold that brachas are Dorabonin he proves it from a Mishnah we had earlier remember by Balkeri we said he can't Balkeri is not allowed to learn Torah and say brachas but benching he thinks in his mind and he doesn't even say 
the bracha before. Why? And we said because benching is the raisa, and the bracha before is the rabbonon. So Tosos here clearly hold that it is drabonon. Rambam also holds it's clearly drabonon. Most learn that a bracha uh, before you eat is only drabonon. There are, though, there is a mashmals from a Tosos earlier. The Pnei Yoshua seems to learn a Storaisa. All food. All food. But they weren't real sources. They clearly fell away. And that's what Tosus is saying. It's not a good kav. Or even the kavachomer. They want to say, oh, you say a bracha afterwards. You must say a bracha before. He said, that's not a strong kavachomer. So the one distinction I heard is, yeah, different levels of spora. There's ironclad spora, ironclad logic. And that would be Doraisa. And then there's like slightly weaker, slightly more, uh, not as compelling logic. And that would only be Dorabonon. And then that's, Maybe that's also like there is good reason to say maybe you should bench rather than say a before bracha because benching you can uh, you've gained from this world and then you can praise Hashem properly. If you're still hungry, you can't praise Hashem properly. And you don't know, you've got a bowl of cereal in front of you, you don't know if you're going to be full afterwards. So there maybe there's a, I'm just thinking what's the weakness in the Kavachomer that we would not say Storaisa. So that's, uh, that's what we said, that's what it's the right Just one, now we can understand, Tosos asked a question. Remember the first Gomorrah, we start off the Mesechta, Ma'emosai, Karim Kriyashma. When do we say Kriyashma? And the Gomorrah asks, what do you mean Ma'emosai, when do we say it? First teach me that you do say it. First bring a source that you do say it. And it goes into that discussion. Al Gomorrah starts, what bracha do you say? Tosos asks, we should first say, bring a source. Why doesn't the Gemara ask, what's the source that you do say a bracha? I, once the Mishnah starting Ketzad, the Mishnah should start with where we see that you say a bracha. Or, the halo, or, or tell us that you do, not, not with that, where we see that you say the halacha, it should tell us first that you do say a bracha, and then discuss Ketzad Mavorkim, what bracha do you say? So Tosha says, don't ask that because we've touched on it in the previous parak, in the previous prokim. Earlier on in the Masechta, we saw that a, we saw that a, Balkeri says, Birchas Hamazam, but he doesn't say the bracha before. Oh, we see from there that there is a bracha before. And wanted to finish its discussion about Kriya Chmayin Tefillah, so I left it quite a few chapters later to come to it, but we've already mentioned the concept of saying a bracha before. That's the one possibility. Um, and the second possibility is because it's logic. It's, no, it's not based on a fossil, because it's not based on a din that you must say a bracha. It's logical that you say a bracha, so I don't have to ask, where do we... You must say a bracha. Just go ahead. As we concluded that it's logical, therefore it doesn't have to start with explaining that you say a bracha because everyone would get this intuitively. How can you eat without saying a bracha? Now we're going to elaborate on this concept. It says, You're not allowed to get benefit from this world without a bracha. And anyone who does get benefit from this world transgresses me'ila. It's misappropriating uh, temple property because he's, it belongs to Hashem and he's taking what belongs to Hashem. The bracha permits what belongs to Hashem to him. Yeah, it's, in a way it's like the payment. My takonta. What, what should he do? It sounds like he's asking if he did transgress me'ila, he ate without a bracha, what should he do? He should go to a rabbi, a sage. Oh, 
How's it going to help to go to a rabbi? He's done something that's forbidden. We don't believe that you go to before someone and he says you're forgiven. We don't believe in confession. Um, you don't go. You What does it mean if you think? He says no. What he means is. Says no, you must go to a sage first, and he will teach you Hilchos Brachos so that you don't come to do Meila. I, in a way, what he's saying, and this is quite a powerful point, is you shouldn't be eating unless you know what Bracha to say. And until you know that, we'll go to the sage so you can eat. Um, Someone who gets benefit from this world without a bracha, it's as if he benefited from um, things dedicated to Shemaim. Shemaim, as the Pesach says, The world belongs to Hashem. On elaboration of this point, Rabbi Levi Romik said, Rabbi Levi raised the contradiction. He says, Lashem the earth, the world belongs to Hashem and He fills it. And there's another possibility. The heavens belong to Hashem and the earth belongs to man. Which one is it? Does the earth belong to man or does it belong to Hashem? It's before a bracha, after a bracha. Before a bracha, everything belongs to Hashem. After you've said a bracha, you're allowed to benefit from it. It's yours. Someone who gets benefit from this world without a bracha, it's as if he stole from Hashem and B'nai Yisrael. Shneemar, as the Pesach says, Goizel of V'imav V'oymer Ein Pasha Chaver Hu Leish Mashchis. He's your father who created you. Or acquired you. We find Imo refers to the Jewish congregation. says, Listen to the Musar of your father and the Torah of your mother, the Torah of B'nai Yisrael. What does it mean this sort of person is a... Is a friend to destruction. So Amri Bichanina by Papa Chaver Huli Yeravan Benavati is like someone who's attached himself, become friendly with Yeravan Benavati. Hishkis Es Yisrael Avim Shabashmaim who corrupted Bnei Yisrael to their father in heaven. Yeravan Benavati is one of the few people who ain't lochaylek lalamava, if I remember correctly, and. What did he do? So he became the king of the tribes of Israel. When it came up to the Shalosh Rukalim, he was scared that all the Jews in his kingdom would go up to the Beis Amidash for the three festivals like they have to, and they would see the king of Yehuda stand up as the king. And he would read all the relevant, do all the relevant th- things relevant to the king. So he was very afraid, so he put up idols and he banned Jews going up for the Shalosh Rukalim. They basically caused Avodah to be spread throughout uh, so that's uh, someone who doesn't say a bracha. He's going against Hashem, going against, but he's stealing from Hashem, stealing from Bnei Yisrael, and he's joining himself with Yeravam Ben Avat. Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa raised the contradiction. It says, "Well, after the Ganai be ito, I will take back my grain." Uksivos after the Ganecha, and it says, "You'll take back, you'll gather in your grain." So whose grain is it? Is it my grain, Hashem's grain, or is it your, uh, the, the people's grain? It says, This is where Bnei Yisrael, the one is where Bnei Yisrael are doing the will of Hashem, then it's their grain. If not, then it belongs to him. Um, I was just thinking this could be an important principle in, in the 
Jewish view of getting benefit from this world. I mean, it's a, it's a big contentious political issue how far you should go with the environment, conservation, etc. But as far as the Torah's use, if you're following the ways of Hashem, I what you, you live a life dedicated to service of Hashem, well then what you need, you can take. It's not stealing, you say a bracha, you can get benefit. But anything over and above that, in a way, would be destructive. And it's not yours to take. So maybe Jewish conservation might more depend on greed, on greed than on, uh, than on actual conservation. But from that, it will flow people to be more respectful of the environment in general, not just, uh, the, not just the natural environment, but the environment of, in general. And everything would be uh, running a bit smoother and better. Just, uh, just the thought that was running through my mind when I learned this. Ton Rabbonin Vosafetokonecho. We learned in the Bible. The Pesach says you'll gather in your grain. What does it mean you'll gather in your grain? The Torah says you're not allowed to let the words of this Torah leave your mouth for even a moment. I have to sit and learn Torah 24-7. When do you have time to gather in your grain? Shouldn't you take it literally? You also have to gather in your grain. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yishmael. Rabbi Yishmael says, no, you have to be responsible. You have to work, and you also have to learn Torah. You don't take, don't take the posuk which says, you must never let this Sefer Torah leave your mouth. Don't take it as on faith value. Obviously, you also have to. Rabbi Yishmael if a person gets caught up and he's um, plowing when he needs to plow and planting when he needs sowing when he needs to sow and harvesting when he needs to harvest and threshing when he needs to thresh and winnowing when there's a wind. Torah, when will he ever get a moment to learn Torah? The greatest claim. I'm, I would love to learn more, but I'm too busy with my business. So he says, Ella, what does Rabbi Shimon Yochai say? Bizman Shisrael Oisim Ritzon Shel Ritzon Shel Mokom Melechtom Nasis Al Yedaya Chayim. When Bnei Yisrael fulfill the will of their Creator, the work will be done by, on by others. Shenemar V'Am V'Omdu Zorim V'Rod Sanechem, as the pasuk says, strangers will stand up and they will graze your flock. V'Goimer Rizman Shein Yisrael Oisim Ritzon Shel Mokom Melechtom Nasis Al Yedaya Atzmom. And when Bnei Yisrael are not doing the will of Hashem. They'll have to work themselves. You gather in your grain. Not only that, you'll have to work for other people. You'll have to serve your enemies. So what's Rabbi Shimon Yochai's approach? Serve Hashem 100% and He will look after you. He'll make sure you're taken care of. If you don't, okay, well then you're going to have to work. And not only you're going to have to work, you're going to have to be working, I guess, paying, you know what, 40, they, work, they calculate that after tax, VAT, and all the, and petrol tax, all the different taxes you're paying, I think you're close, you, a middle class person is approaching 50% of their salary uh, in, uh, for other people. <laughs> so that's something to think about. Um, the question they ask, this posuk of, it's a, um, yeah, just try to quickly. The question they ask is, it says, where does it say, it's the second paragraph in Shema, and it starts with, if you listen to my mitzvahs, 
So if you do all that, you're following Hashem's ways. And you'll gather in your grain. Right, speaking about someone who's serving Hashem, it says if you listen to Hashem's words and his mitzvahs and love him, etc., then he will give you rain, etc., and your produce will grow and you'll gather in. How can Rabbi Shimon come along and say, you'll gather in your grain? That's if you're not serving Hashem. So there are a few different answers, but one of the... Pardon? You're saying they'll do everything else, and so you want to answer, they'll do everything else, and you'll just have to do the, the gathering in. Maybe, but that doesn't sound like what Rabbi Shimon Yochai is saying. So some answer, no. It's a, there are a few answers, but one of the answers, which is very clever, is Rabbi Shimon Yochai actually has a very, very high expectation of people. Serving Hashem like regular Jews is not what Rabbi Shimon Yochai wants from you. That's good, but that's not ideal. It's good, and that's, uh, listen, that's when the broch of us after the Ganecha, yes, you will have grain to gather in, as opposed to if you're bad, then you'll have nothing. If you're good, you'll have grain to gather in. But if you say, how does Rabbi Shimon Yochai want you to serve Hashem? 100% devoted to Hashem. To the degree that this all has to do, they bring this all has to do with tefillah. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai and his colleagues, it's a Gomorrah elsewhere, I think Shabbos, actually didn't use to daven because it says someone whose Torah is emunos, or someone whose Torah is their laugh, they don't have to daven, they carry on learning through Zman Tefillah. Through Zman Kriyashma, I think. Um, so, so this is how the Yavitz explains. He says, yeah, you're right. Being a good person, according to Rabbi Shimon Yochai, isn't good enough. What Rabbi Shimon Yochai is expecting of us is to be Torah uh, 100% dedicated to the Torah. The sort of person who's exempt from Kriya Shema because he's so busy learning. And that's who Hashem will make, a, make sure someone else is doing their work for them. Pardon? They use? Ritzana? Yeah, do the will of Hashem. Oh, I'm not sure. not sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. That's just, a, yeah, I think that's the, that's the Yahweh is brought in the back of the Gemara. Just an interesting point on, on this. So there's three levels of Thing. There's obviously there's evil, there's being a very good, very God-fearing religious person, and then there's Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai's expect, expectation on Jews. Um, Abaya says that, I guess he's almost testifying, he says there's many who have practiced like Rabbi Yishmael and they've been very successful. They've had a livelihood and they've learned lots of Torah. And those who have done like Rabbi Shimon have not been successful. There are a few individuals who can be successful like Rabbi Shimon Yochai, but it's definitely not a, not a general approach. Rava says to his students, says, I beg you, in the months of Tish, Nisan and Tishrei, do not appear before me. Kudoshasa said that you're not busy worrying about sustenance the whole of the year. Nisan and Tishrei are the busy times of the agricultural year, it's when most of it's the tissues when the planting, plowing, planting, etc. is going down, and Nissan's harvest time, so those are the busy times. So it says, I want you to be involved with your work then, 
so that the rest of the year you can come and learn and you won't be too caught up in your learn. So I don't know, uh, Christmas time for, for you, Benji? Um, that, uh, that would be... Maybe take off uh, some of your shurim to make sure that you have enough so you can learn the rest of the year. The earlier generations made their Torah fixed and their Malocha Arai. I had set time for Torah, but Malocha was a little bit haphazard. They got into work a bit late because they were busy at because of a, a long dafyomish or whatever. It was okay, um, but Torahs Achronim she also melachtem kever. They made their work fixed, but Torahs on Arai and their Torah haphazard zu vezu loynis kam biyodam, and they actually weren't too successful in either. Omar Rabbi Yochanan Omer Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Yochanan says the name of Rabbi Yochanan Mishum Rabbi Yudah Rabbi Lai same same tradition. Bara Eishaloi Kadorish Rishon Doris Achronim Doris Rishonim Hu Machnisim Peirosem Derech Tar the earlier generations used to take their produce in the way through the main entrance of the house to make sure that they were chav in Maiser. The latter generations, they take in their Maiser in strange ways, either through the roof, etc., so that they exempt from Maiser. You're not chav, as Rabbi Yana explains, you're not chav in Maser until it sees the face of the house is brought to normally. He brings from a different pasuk, but even if the chotzer sees it, you chav. But either way, the main point from here is there are ways to, for someone to be chav in Masras, we actually saw this early on, there's two considerations. You have to do meruach, finish the certain, uh, what's it, what the, the manufacturing process. It's not the exact right word, but grain. But the manufacturing process outside, and then bring it into the house the normal way. If you miss one of those steps, then you're not chav in Maaseh Doraisa. So that's what they used to do to get out of being chav in Maaseh Doraisa. And there, you can eat it haphazardly, uh, you can uh, feed it to your animals, etc. So that, that is showing the difference in levels of piety. Except for one. So we said, on all brachas, on all fruit, you say, Borepria eats, except on wine, you say, Borepria goffin. says, Maishna, why is different? Why is wine different? says, Maybe because you, you've improved it, it's changed for the better. So too, you change the brocha. But what about oil? That improve, that's an improvement over olives, but we don't say a different brocha. As you see, if you're having olive oil, you'd say Borepria eats. We're going to discuss exactly when, but in general, you'd say, Brepriates on there. Very clearly, the halacha is on olive oil, you'll say, Brepriates. So, Omri also, Mishum de lo Efshar, Heichi Navrich, Navrich, Borepriates, Zayis, Pri Gufa lo Ikri, Benavrich, Oleo, Brepriates, Zayis. So, it's okay, no, there it's because it's impossible to change the brocha. What brocha would you say? Borepri Hazayis. What's the pre of the olive? The oil. But it's not Hashem who bore, who created the oil. It's man who brings out the oil from the olive. So it doesn't really make sense to say bore pre Hazayas who created the fruit of the olive. 
Pardon? Okay, good question. I'll, I'll, I'll try to address that. It's not today. Just take my word for it that on, on wine you should be saying ha'etz and on olive you should be saying ha'etz. Olive oil also you should be saying ha'etz. Um... Yeah. So why don't you say who created the fruit of the olive tree? Ah, that's not a problem. The olive, fruit of the olive tree. Fruit of the olives would be a problem because that's saying the oil, which man's the one who brings that about. So, so, so that can't be the answer. It can't be that they couldn't find a bracha to say on olive oil. So it can't be based on the logic that wine's an improvement, therefore we give it a different bracha. Wine's an improvement over grapes, because then we'd give a different bracha for olive oil over olives. It says, no, wine nourishes, olives do not nourish. It says, oil does not nourish. Mishka does nourish for or provide nourishment. If someone takes a neder against getting benefit from Mazon, things there from, let's say, Mazon, he's allowed to have water and salt, but nothing else. We say because Maim and Melach is the only thing, is Maim and Melach the only thing that's not considered Mazon, but everything else is. Well, this is then a contradiction on Rav. And Shmuel, who say you only say Boreimimimazonos on the five species, on the five types of grain. We only say Mazonos on uh, wheat, spelt, rye, oats, and barley, or what products of them. And that's Rav and Shmuel's halacha. You only say Mazonos. But now we've foreseen that if someone takes a neder that they won't have Mazon, well, then all foods they're not allowed to eat because all food nourishes. Well, then they should not, then they, you should be allowed to say Boreimimimimazonos on all food. Says, no, the neder was that anything that nourishes me. We see that oil does nourish. And what he says, no, change the land. The neder, it's a subtle distinction in the language. If you say, I take a neder, I'm not going to have anything that nourishes me. That's when you're not allowed to have any food except uh, oil. Uh, water and salt, because everything else provides some nourishment. If he would say on mazon, food referred to as mazon, okay, that's miz, what we would call mizonos. So a, sl- a slight subtle distinction in the language used, but again, mizonos refers to these these grains which provi- which are primary forms of nourishment, whereas anything that nourishes me, well, that's any food. But what do we see? What's why are we bringing this? Oil does provide some olive oil does provide some level of nourishment. So that can't, so again, we're tr- struggling to look. Why did you make a special bracha for one? Ah, maybe because it's in, a change for the improvement. <coughs> then there should be a special bracha for olive oil. No, no, no. The real reason is because it nourishes. Olive oil also provides some sort of nourishment, some level of nourishment. No, one satiates, but olive oil doesn't. You're telling me one satiates? Well, the whole Rava have a shotzi chamra, come al yomad pitzcha, kechidet nigra, lilibe, venochel, matzatve. Rava used to drink a lot of wine on Erev Pesach so that he would have an increased appetite and eat a lot of matzah. Tuva gorid purta soid. So, so what do we see? Rava used to drink wine to increase his appetite. How can you say it? It nourishes, it's satiate. 
it satiates. So he says, Tuva Gori Purta So no, if you have a little bit of wine, then it satiates. If you have a lot, it increases your appetite. Says Nahama Zulagamura asks, Oh, me soid cloud. You're telling me that wine does satiate. He says, Vox if the possible says the Yayin Yismach Lavavenosh, but Lechem Lavavenosh Yisod. Wine gladdens the heart of a person and bread satiates a person. Says Nahama Hudasoid Khamralasa. This seems to say only bread satiates and not wine. Says no Ella Khamra is by Tarti Soid U Mishka Nahama Masid Soid Smuche Lo Mismach. No. Wine has two factors. It's soid and umasameach, and nahama is only satiates, but does bread satiates, but doesn't bring joy. Well, if that's the case, if wine is soid, we should say birchas amazon on it. Shalosh brachos here refers to the Torah, so birchas amazon. Because then vochalto v'sovata sovea, we see that one also provides a level of survey. You should say Birchaz Amazon on it. No, people don't set their Suda on it. And you never make a meal out of one, and therefore there's no benching on one. But it does provide some a level of station. Now, Omra Nachman, Bar Yitzchak, Lerovi, Yikovi, Aliyo, Suda, Somai, if someone does have a meal of one, they're like, oh, you know what? Today, instead of Safa, I'm going to just have one. Should he say benching on it? Okay, when Eliyahu comes, we'll discuss whether it's considered setting, whether that even counts as setting a meal. But at the moment, we can say his das is bottle etzel koladom. We can ignore his odd thoughts. In summary of this last piece, we ask the question, why does one have a special bracha? It should be borei priyait. Comes along the Gomorrah and says... What's the, what's the conclusion of why one has a special bracha of Bereprayagofen when it seems it should be Bereprayagofen? Because it has a dual mala. It's It brings satiation and joy to a person. And that, because of those dual mala, that two uh, special dimensions that one have, we say a special bracha on it.